I'm Robin Crane, and this is the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. Listen, I was a financial advisor for over a decade, and I got so sick of the old archaic strategies that your grandpa used to get clients. What the industry teaches today is still so outdated and just doesn't work anymore. So I had to find a better way for myself, and then I got obsessed with sharing these how-tos with other women like me. The stuff I teach doesn't require giving up your life, your sanity, or your family time. I want women like you to have it easier than I had it, so you can thrive in the industry. I've now helped thousands of women grow their financial businesses to multiple six figures, some even seven figures per year. So on this podcast, you're going to get an inside look at how they did it so you can do it too. Let's dive into the show. Hey, 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 welcome back. It's Robin here with Dina Patton. She's been a coach for 22 years. She's also a keynote speaker and has a book called Greatness Game. So we're going to talk about greatness and all the things about it and your business and awesome sauce. So um, Dita, yeah, tell us a little about Greatness Game and what that means and why you're so passionate about it. I'm super passionate about people living and leading from their greatness um, because it's not really taught. You know, we don't go around life uh, knowing what that even means, how to access it. Um, in my methodology, uh, in my belief, we're born with greatness. We just aren't really taught how to access it and lead from it. So I got super passionate about successful people and what clues, you know, when you look at successful people, what is it that allowed them to be successful and other people not? And one of the biggest things is their mindset in this, this greatness mindset. And mastering your greatness mindset became an obsession, <laughs> became a, a research project, um, and got incorporated into my coaching about 15 years ago, and then started speaking about it, and then wrote a book on it. And I just, I love it because it changed people's lives, which is the bottom line. Which is what we all are here to do. Dang yes. it. <laughs> so, so, okay. Tell us what that really means then. Cause like, how do you access your greatness or what is that? Cause I have some opinions on the matter as I always do, but I'm curious to listen first and then, you know, I can insert my opinion, but um, yeah. Tell me from your perspective, like, especially with all the research and with your book, like, what did you find? Like, how did people access that? How did, how do you get into a greatness mindset? And what does that mean? Yeah. So I think, you know, we can all relate to uh, what I call the smallness, that negativity. It's so easy to say, why me or the victim or uh, just become that negative, small, scared, doubtful side of ourselves. That's super easy, right? What's not easy is to turn that down and listen to your greatness, which is the side of ourselves that we are, again, all born with. We just don't listen to it well. <laughs> and that is part of mastering our mindset is recognizing that we get to choose our thoughts. So when the thought comes in that says, who are you to build that business? Who are you to close that amazing client? Who are you to hire three more people and scale your business? You know, those thoughts are coming at us all the time. That smallness, it's based in five main things. I call it P-D-F-O-D. P, perfection. So it sounds like you're not perfect yet. You can't grow that business or you can't reach $10 million. Whatever those goals are, you're not perfect yet. So those negative messages of perfection. D uh, is doubt. 
So the self-doubt, like you're from the wrong family, you're the wrong color, you're the wrong this, that, you're not ready yet. The self-doubt is real. You know, for a lot of people, that's the thing that they get hung up in. That's the smallness talk that they get tangled in, right, is the doubt. Um, F, P-D-F, F is fear, right? Fear of failure, fear of success, fear of judgment. Can we just talk about fear of judgment is real. You know, you put a book out, you put a business out, you start speaking, you start rising up in your greatness and your leadership. Um, It's very vulnerable. And, you know, that that smallness is going to say, mm-mm, <laughs> that doesn't feel good because it's uncomfortable. You got to work through being uncomfortable. You really want to live a, a life of greatness and do great things and impact the world. Trust me, you're constantly uncomfortable. So, so that's a, that's a, a big one. So PDF um, and then O is overwhelm. Overwhelm is real, right? Especially for entrepreneurs, if you own a business, Overwhelm is something you're battling every day that you can get really tangled up in. And then all of a sudden, two years go by and five years go by. And all those goals that you've had, you know, aren't happening because you're just tangled up in the overwhelm. And then the last D is distraction. (laughs) That's an easy one, especially in these days. It's really easy just to get distracted, distracted, distracted. So those are the five that I found in my research of greatness. That, um, you know, why are people getting so, especially entrepreneurs and leaders, these people who have big goals, big dreams, but yet they get totally derailed and disempowered by this smallness mindset. And I got really dove into that research and that just that inquiry about why. And once we know why, it's like, Say if you have a broken car, if you don't know why it's not running, how are you going to fix it? How are you going to transform it, right? We've got to know why am I getting derailed? It's probably one of those five things. And then we can start to, once we have it identified, now we can start to say, oh, I get derailed by self-doubt. And you can start working on the self-doubt and listening to the greatness mindset instead of the smallness mindset. Awesome. Love all that. I would, I, I'm glad you stopped for a second on the fear of judgment. I mean, I would say, especially because I work with so many women, like the biggest thing is always the fear of judgment. It's like, why don't you post something? Why don't you put something out there? It's like, God forbid, someone's not going to like me. What are people going to think? People are going to think I'm in sales as well. People are going to think I'm selling them. I don't put myself like, it's like, it's huge. And I always joke about this stupid analogy, but that like, what if we were all robots and you're exactly like a human, like you remember, do you remember small wonder? We're probably around the same yeah, age, you're yeah. a little younger than me, but you know, she was a robot. Her head went all the way around, but she supposedly looked like a human. <laughs> supposedly because she's, it was kind of like Superman and Clark Kent. Like you should probably know there's something different here, but um, cause she talked like a robot. She kind of looked like a robot. I guess she kind of looked like a human, but anyway, it's like, if we imagine like, we're like this girl or this, you know, this person who is, it's really a robot. You have every human quality, except that you don't have the fear of judgment. Like imagine what your life would be like. Imagine what your business would be like. Imagine how much money you would make because so much of where, where we get the doubt, where we get the perfectionism, where we get the fear. I went in a different order, but P F 
uh, D I know got some of them. O, and we, okay. some of them are in there. Um, it's like P dot. No, I forget what it is, but, um, I should have written it down. But when we, when we get those things, it actually comes down to even the overwhelm maybe, but like comes down to the fear of judgment. Like I'm actually like, I don't want people to think this of me and we're not conscious right. of it all the time. Right. But if we, like my husband, he doesn't really care what people think. Now, sometimes it does affect him and I see it. And I'm like, holy crap, who are you, honey? Like you actually are affected by this. Like his mom said something not so nice to him over the winter break last year. And he's like, I can't believe how affected by this I am. Cause usually someone doesn't, you know, say something nice or he gets negative comments. He doesn't give a crap. He's like, that's right. their issues. Like he can totally just put it back on them. Yeah. But for me, even if I know I'm right, which is not a good place to be to think you're right. But even if I know like it's their shit, it's their stuff. Like I know yeah. it's like not a, a real, um, you know, projection to me, it's a projection of them. I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, it doesn't feel good. Yes. And then I feel like I don't want people not to like me. Yes. I, I just, I want to be loved. Right. Yeah. It's tough. So I want to address this because it's, you've just hit one, you know, one of the biggest things that I see. And here's the thing at the end of the day, I'm about pulling purpose and greatness out of people so that they do uh, epic things with their lives. And we can't get to that place when we're tangled up in smallness. And this is I, why I stopped there is it is the biggest thing. The, ju- the, the people do not like being judged. But here's the <laughs> good and bad news. Whether you, whatever you do, you're always being judged. Every single thing you do, we do. We are being judged online, offline. You know, I get up on a keynote speech um, you know, I always, I, I actually address it in a humor way of saying, you know, in the first two minutes, I always say, you know, you've already judged me of what I'm wearing and what my voice is like and what my slides look like, right? Now that we're past that, let me get started, right? Mm-hmm. I'm here to transform your life. Uh, and I only got 20 minutes, right? I just like nip it because it's real. The second you, st- you start to s- to stand on stages, whether it's online, offline, social media, in your business, in your industry, it is vulnerable. But here's the coaching that I would love to give to people is, um, one, allow yourself to fail forward, right? Everything is learning. So if a post didn't land or you didn't do that speech just perfect, you know, however you wanted it to go or whatever, everything is about forward, about learning. You've got to take it for the next thing. So it's all about lessons. But here's the bigger lesson, uh, the bigger coaching in it is this. When you know your brand, what you stand for, your vision, your values, what your branding and what, what, what your brand stands for in your business and, and you, um, here's the thing. You're going to attract the people who love that. Right. Mm-hmm. When I get up on a keynote speech stage, I'm very rigorous. You know, I am there to transform lives. So I, I say, you know, I know you think I'm going to give a speech, but I'm here to transform your lives. And I only have 20 minutes to do it. Right. Let's get started. And I'm a very rigorous, like, let's get on with this greatness game. I want to pull them to their greatness and give them mm-hmm. value. And they walk out going, oh my gosh, that was the best thing ever. Right. But I can't do that if I'm in a smallness story, like, I hope every one of them likes me. And I hope this is a really nice speech, right? Screw that. I'm not playing that game. 
right? I'm there. If I flew across the country to that association's conference, like I'm there to change their lives. So part, and that's who I am as a coach. Like I'm very much about loving on my clients, but I'm very rigorous around pulling them to their purpose and their greatness. So I would say this, whoever you are authentically, your brand has to represent you authentically. And then you don't apologize for that. And what I mean by that is when you do write your book or you're speaking or you're just networking, be your authentic self. Authenticity is our biggest currency because people who are meant to work with you are going to love it. They're like, oh my gosh, she's like, I got to work with her. I got to work with him, right? It draws people. Here's the bad news for you, not for me. (laughs) For me, I think this is good news. It repels the people that don't like you, don't like that thing. See, in my marketing, I want to repel just as many people that I want to attract. And when you start to believe that that is okay, your business will quadruple because you stop playing the smallness game that's like me, understand me, be nice. Like that is, that's a smallness game. It just is. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm all about that. I mean, I talk all about this all the time or how, or how that I'm willing to put myself out there. I'm willing to not be liked for the sake of transformation. And I feel like it's an indicator of success. You know, it's like when you start getting negative comments, it is an indicator of success. When you get people like, I remember I did this keynote for the women advisor summit and they sent me, they're like, we wanted to send you all the feedback because we didn't want to just to send you the positive feedback, you know, so you can see. And it was like, you know, I got like, I don't know, 10, 20, like really positive. Oh, this was the best Robin crane, Robin crane. Robin. And I'm like, Oh yes. You know, my ego, like I'm liked, I'm loved. This is awesome. You know, like really positive stuff. And then it was like, there were three comments and one was like, I've heard her before. And I'm like, Oh God, no. Like she's heard me before. Like I've heard that I've heard Robin's stuff before, like as if and and like there's a part of me that still feels like a dagger in my belly. Like who cares? But like logically, I'm like, oh, what's the difference? Like you should be able to get value if you heard me a thousand times. Like most of my clients who love hearing the same story over and over again and still laugh, right? Right. And then like another one was like she was a bit too energetic, you know. And I'm like, you know, screw you. Like I, I like the energetic, you know. So so like there's still a part of me like that hates the negative comments, but I'm like. And one, I don't know, one other thing was like just minor. And I was like, like, it still stings. It still stings, but I know that's an indicator of success and I never let it stop me. So it doesn't mean that you like start to have the shield. Like it doesn't hurt your feelings. It doesn't make you feel like you really are a robot. It's just that, you know, that that actually means you're changing lives because if I don't do like what you said, if I don't, you said the word rigorous, like if I don't stand on the edge and push you, push your buttons a little bit and try to nudge you to your greatness and to becoming the best version of yourself. And then if I play it safe, then more people might like me, but fewer people will love me. And very few people will move, change and transform their lives. That's right. I'd rather get 10 people in the room to completely transform their lives, have everything they want and have, you know, 80 people be like, okay, she's a little too much for me. This is too, like, this is not my style. This is not my thing. I don't even like her. I'm like, cool. I did my job. Does right. it feel good when they say negative shit? Not really, but like right. I, te- I choose to focus on the transformation versus focus on the fact that I'm not perfect. And it doesn't even matter because you can be the most 
quote unquote, perfect person in the world. And you're never perfect for everyone. So like knowing who you are and who you're not, and then willing to not be liked. Love that. I love that. And it's an, you know, playing a greatness game, you are in your purpose and in your gifts. And I believe purpose and gifts belong out in the world, right? We don't want to just hoard them in our own home. You know, I, I, I'm like, get it out there. And it is vulnerable, but I choose to be uncomfortable. I choose to support people being uncomfortable and, um, and being unapologetic around your brand, around your stand, around your gifts, around your values. And when you start playing that game and you start seeing the results of that game, because <laughs> they're drastically different than playing that smallness game of, I hope I do a really nice speech and everybody likes me, right? So it, it, here's the thing that it, the conversion of that is, you know, when you network and you speak and, you, you know, you're getting yourself out in the world in your unapologetic greatness and um, values and all that, what that does is it attracts people who love that. The, the attraction is deeper, right? So people are like, oh my gosh, I ha- he's the one I've been wanting to, or she's the, the one that I've been w- waiting to you know, work with. So the attraction is deeper and that converts, I mean, all day long, right? So when there's a deep, you know, just think of yourself when you are, you know, watching a, a, an expert or a vendor, someone, and you're like, oh my gosh, I love him. I have to, you know, hire him to do whatever, you know, my, paint my house. It doesn't matter what it is, but you are super attracted to that person and you want to work with them. And then it, 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 the other side is it repels the people that don't want to work with you. So repelling and attracting is what marketing and branding is about. And if you don't understand the, that, you're in the game of like, I, I work with everybody and I want everybody to like me. So. Yeah. And uh, one of my coaches, she's a prosperity coach and she's like, there's always, I think it's called the paradox law of paradox, but like, there's always two sides. Like, and people like to look at one or the other, like um, it's, it's like you, you, you can't have greatness without having failure. You can't have, you know, attraction without repelling people. You can't have um, you know, like, all these, like just everything working out all the time without having the struggles because the struggles are what make you great so that you're able to attract the things you want and understanding that, that it's all like just a flip of the coin. It's like, Oh, cool. Like, do you want, it's kind of like, um, you know, you can be rich or you can be right. Like so many of us, especially women, and I am definitely guilty of this. I'm working on it, but like, you know, have this tendency to want to be right, you know, and it's like, you could be right or you can be in love. Okay. Well, I'd rather be in love in theory, but then how come I get in fights with my husband and what it ends up being? It's more about me being right. The same thing with money. It's like, we have, we we're like compelled to want to be right. And this need to be right. And this need to be right or not wanting to be wrong. It goes back to that fear of judgment. And what are people going to think? And what does that look like? 
like for me, but it's like, well, okay, well, do people say, I want to make $10,000 a month. And I'm like, okay, you willing to do what it takes, baby? Like you willing to not be liked or do you want to be liked and be broke? If you want to be liked, you you can be broke. If you want to be rich, you can go be loved and have people like followers and people loving you and raving about you and then have some haters. I don't actually think it's equal. Like, I don't think you're going to attract and repel the same amount. I think you said that, but it's like, I bet you don't repel as many people as you attract. I bet you repel more people than you attract. Like you look at like the, 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 YouTube videos that have the most views that are like millions and millions of views, you'll see like 25,000 positive comments and 1,000 negative comments, right? But everybody weights the negative comments like 25 times as the positive because that's where human beings, it's like we want to suffer or something. And you're like, let me look at my negative comments. I never had 1,000 negative comments because I never had 25,000 positive comments. (laughs) That that typically would be the tendency of kind of like, I just want to know. And yeah, you want to learn, but it's almost just like put you in this suffering, you know? Right. But I think the the tendency is like, if you're willing to not have to be right, you're willing to put yourself out there. You're w- willing to be wrong. You're willing to not have to be loved all the time by everybody. You'll be loved by so many more people because you're, you're doing it for transformation, not just doing it for your ego. And yeah. like the ego is like always getting in the way. Like it's really, really hard to not like be like driven by your ego. But I think that realization of, well, am I here for impact or am I here, you know, to be liked? It's like, I'll choose impact every time. Right. When we logically think we have to choose that, then it starts to get that awareness really helps to just be like, okay, cool. Bring the haters, baby. Bring on the haters. Like that means that I'm on my way to success. I'm transforming more lives. 100%. 100%. Let's bring on the haters. Right. And, you know, something that's really important to me that's been, I got from my mother is philanthropy. Um, I actually own my own nonprofit. I've always been involved with charities and philanthropy that moved my heart. And um, I was keynote speaking. This is, gosh, probably 10 years ago. And um, this guy came up to me afterwards and he said, I don't know how you did it. But there, it was such a powerful speech around, it was business systems. And I was there to, you know, talk about business systems, but yet you wove in this beautiful story about philanthropy and how philanthropy is braided into my business, right? It went on to, he said, he was a financial planner and he said, philanthropy is really, really important to me, but, and that's why it resonated with me, but I'm really scared to talk to my clients about giving and philanthropy. So I avoid it. And you just gave me like, you just, I always saw it as an, or like you have to be about financial planning and, and wealth building Mm -hmm. or philanthropy. And he said, I love it. It's authentic to me. And it's such a disconnect that I don't stand for this. And then I'm not sharing uh, this with my clients. And I'll tell you that he worked with me and we found, you know, everybody has to find their way of of bringing things into their business, but he added it to his values. Philanthropy and giving was, was, was part of his values. And then he started putting it into his client conversations. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. And in a very authentic way so that they can choose, right? This is about giving people, you can bring something up. It's not about forcing them. But what happened is he became more authentic and aligned with his business because he he had this thing that haunted him because he was so scared to bring it into his business. He thought it was, it was going to be too pushy or too salesy or too, I don't want to push my stuff onto my clients. But he found a way to braid it in and let them choose. But if they did choose philanthropy, he could guide them in that journey. And he said within, um, not only was it more aligned and he lit up his clients who wanted to, to, to play that game, but didn't know how. So it was so good for his company. But within a year, listen to this, within a year of him incorporating that, he had 25 million just in him and his clients that started you know, giving to philanthropy, $25 million. I mean- that they gave gift, away? That they gave away oh, through wow, their philanthropy, long. you know, their, their various causes yeah. and ministries and things like wow, that that they gave. But talk about a result. Like, yeah, amazing. Amazing. All because he was willing to do something that was very uncomfortable, get over his fear, find his words, braid it into his brand and his conversations. And then in the first year had 25 million in giving just through his clients, uh, you know, giving. Awesome. So that's mm-hmm. what I say is find the things that you love, that light you up in your business, stand for them, listen to your greatness and incorporate it into your business. Okay. So I have a question for you. Cause I'm, I'm curious because it's easy for us to say, Oh, do this. And then, you know, not necessarily showcase like how vulnerable we're willing to be. Although I'm like seeing on social media, I'm very, very vulnerable all the time. But what would you say was like your hardest story to tell the first time that you felt like was so scary and that, cause you speak a lot. So I'm sure you have a lot of stories, but like, that was really that story that was, that even took you a bit to be able to break through and tell whether on social media or in talk. Can you remember one? I tell a lot of stories. I, I love storytelling. I, I have embraced it. I have a lot of stories that still are hard for me to, um, to uh, share. And, but all of them, because we are human beings, you know, I'm a mom, I'm a wife to a federal agent law enforcement. So that is a big thing in my life. Um, I've been an entrepreneur for 26 years. I have tons of client stories and I have tons of personal stories. And um, I have three really, really hard stories that all impacted me as a human being, totally could have spun me out in smallness the rest of my life. You know, we all have those really deep. Give me one. Give me one. Dark things. Um, One, um, they happened back to back. Uh, One, I had a stroke at 27 and um, I owned my first business in New York City. and uh, thriving. And it was an amazing time in my life and out of nowhere had a stroke, had to learn how to speak again, had to recover. And then right after that, 
Uh, so, well, seven months into recovery, I was standing at the towers at 9-11 when 9-11 happened. Mm-hmm. So it was two pretty big traumas that happened that were devastating, that gave me every ounce of permission to quit and say, I'm done with this entrepreneur journey, uh, being a, a trying to transform people's lives and be greatness. I'm done <laughs> and go live in a cave. Um, that's what I wanted to do. And um, I didn't, you know, every day I kept waking up and saying yes to my greatness and yes to my purpose. And I'm not done yet. Um, dark, there's dark times in our life, whether it's in our business or our personal, we are a human being that is going through that dark time. Um, my mother, my father, and my brother all died. I mean, <laughs> talk about a dark time, right? We all, we are human beings that yes, we're entrepreneurs and we want to change the world and stuff happens in our life. So we have a choice. You have a choice right now to say, I know it's dark. I know it's heavy. I know it's hard or it's confusing and I'm going to recover. I'm, and it might be slow, but I'm going to recover. I'm going to keep my eyes on my purpose or on my greatness, on my, on my children or the thing on God, you know, on the thing that is pulling you through the darkness. And that's, you know, I tell a lot of stories. I, I don't mind being vulnerable because I feel like we've all gone through stuff and it's important. Well, the vulnerability is the path to connection. Like it's impossible to connect with someone if you're just beating your chest and, you know, look at me, especially from the stage. Like if you don't add vulnerability, like we've all seen the speakers from the stage who are just showing like how amazing they are and they just show their, the, all the positive things. And we, it's like, no one really wants to listen to that. It's very hard to relate and feel like they care about you, even though they're probably great human beings and they, they're showcasing their greatness, but if they're not showcasing their vulnerability, right. the greatness doesn't really show, right? Because it's like, right. it feels like they're just beating their chest and being amazing. I remember one of like the hardest stories I told was um, I had actually, I don't know, you know, Gary V, but Gary V had this, um, he, he um, released or launched these NFTs and he had this, um, what do you call it? A Dutch auction. And he's basically like, there's going to be a Dutch auction. It's opening on this date. And my husband really wanted to buy one of these NFTs. And so he's like, learn about Dutch auctions. Like he basically, like Gary Vee just said, go find it. Right. So of course, like my husband and I, we found like one video that explained it. And the way that we understood it was that you start high, like let's say the bidding starts at hundred grand or something and it goes lower and it goes lower and it goes lower. And then we understood it like the last person who gets it at that certain level, everyone buys it at that same price. Oh, okay. That's how we understood it. Okay. And that I think is one way that you could do a Dutch auction when you're like, you know, like in an auction, or whatever. And uh, we were like, not clear. And actually I think like the the, the bidding actually started at 60,000 and it was like, okay, going down. And we're like, well, we want to get this. So we might as well get it, you know, thinking that someone's going to buy, if someone buys it at 10,000, we'll get it at 10,000. And then we decided to get, it was about worth 57,000 at the time. And then I sent the money or sent the, it was really ETH, but sent the Ethereum. And the second, like, after I did it, I was like, wait, how many get like some of that back? Like, how would we, cause we just 
paid for it. Like I just sent it, you know, and it's like, I didn't think it through and we were feeling rushed. And like, now I'm learning like that when I make rush decisions about money, it's like usually not the best decision. Um, but I just, <laughs> and, like the second I did it and we were like, got in bed, like within an hour. And I was like, honey, are you sure we did that right? Honey, honey. And I like had this huge pit in my stomach and I was like, oh my God, like this, there's something not right. And like, he actually sent Gary V a message and said, like, did we do this right? Like on social media, like Gary's pretty uh, willing to like, he's accessible and whatnot. And he's like, sorry, brother. Like, you you know, you didn't get it. Like you didn't understand it. That's not how it works. And we're like, I like the, like I could barely sleep the next morning. I was like in my closet bawling. I mean, I was like, Oh my God, I'm so stupid. Like I said, why did I do that? Like, I mean, like a baby, if I really associated to it, I could start crying again because that feeling of like, I, and I have an issue of feeling stupid. So it's like, I'm so stupid. Like, how could I do that? Why I'm a CFP, you know, and to actually tell financial advisors when my background as a certified financial planner, and I was in the industry for a decade, and now I teach financial advisors to grow their business. I'm like, what a freaking idiot. Like, how could I be so dumb? I'm like beating myself up like a, with a, like a huge, heavy <laughs> boulder, practically like smashing my head, you know, yeah. figuratively. And so I took out my phone. And in my closet, I got on social media and I was like a little baby crying. And I was like, oh my God, I feel so stupid. Like I just made this mistake. And I, I, you know, I could have spent $15,000 on something and said, I spent almost 60,000. And I, I, you know, feel like I lost $45,000 because I made such a dumb decision. Right. And I just made this video, like, cause it was because it was the scariest thing I could possibly think of sharing mm-hmm. to you know, potential clients, prospects who I would imagine like the, like, could they judge me anymore? Like, how could I be so dumb as like someone who's supposed to be their coach? And I'm like, that's when I know I have to share it. Mm. And like, the thing is that I've learned over the years, like, just like you're talking about greatness is like, the more I share those things, then the scariest moments of my life, the more like I might get someone who's like, I would never work with her. It would make such a dumb decision. But more often than not, I get the people like it gains the trust. And it's like, if she's willing to tell me that she's, she's made those mistakes and she still stands her ground that yes, I have value, even though I've made horrible mistakes when it comes to my money and it wasn't the first time and it wasn't the last time. Um, But it's like, I'm willing to own it. And I got many, many people say, thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. And I can't tell you enough how many of my like high level clients are like, even when the time when my cash flow was bad and I was sharing on podcasts, like a few months ago, my cash flow was bad. Luckily we got ahead of it now, but it's like sharing that stuff. And they're so grateful because it just right. gives them permission to make mistakes. Yes. So it was, I mean, it's still like, I can't believe I shared it, but I, I'm like, that's when I know if I'm not stepping outside my comfort zone, if I'm not stretching, like yeah. who am I to ask someone new in the industry or even in the industry to do what I tell them to do? Cause like what I tell them to do that I don't think is scary anymore is right. like that. Right. You know? And so yeah. if I don't put my money where my mouth is and I'm a jerk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. And you know, every master was once a disaster, you know, all the things that we have mastered in our life, whether it's a souffle or grilling or parenthood or money, you know, we all are mastery around a lot of things. Um, but you have to be willing to be a disaster in new things, right? And, um, you know, entrepreneurship and marketing, branding, um, I have a lot of clients who like, uh, you know, are starting to podcast or they're speaking now, or they just launched a book 
that's a whole new level, new level, new devil, right? But we have to remember when we do things that are new or we take a risk, um, it's stretching our courage, right? It is vulnerable, but it's stretching our courage. The more we grow our courage, the more we can um, get to that master. But we have to be willing to be in the little bit of a disaster when we are doing something new and giving yourself grace, you know, uh, elevation in your brand, um, elevation in your company, elevation in your leadership, elevation in your sales and marketing. And you're like, you know what? I want to add $100,000 to my sales this year, right? That's going to take mindset elevation, systems elevation, marketing elevation, and you're not going to do it perfectly. You're going to be maybe a little bit of a disaster, and then you're going to learn. You're going to fail forward. You're going to learn. You're going to fail forward. And then you're going to be like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, this is work. Wow, look at that. Oh, look at this new client. Oh, look at this new client. And then it's starting to work, starting to work. And then boom, what's going to happen is you're going to have it mastered and you're going to realize, oh, this, this, and this really works. And this is what is really attracting my champagne clients, my wine clients. And, but being, having the grace to be a little bit of a disaster, to take that risk, to elevate your brand, elevate your company, elevate yourself. You know, I am all about greatness leadership. You know, stop believing your smallness that says, oh, I can, I only have to be a one person, you know, firm or three person, you know, whatever the number is. No, you don't. You can, but if you don't, if you have a calling for more to impact more people, to have more income, more impact, put on your greatness, start listening to your greatness, turn down that smallness that keeps saying, you know, filling you with fear and doubt and start playing a greatness game, play bigger things in your marketing, in your sales, in your branding, in your systems. And you're going to see your, your results reflect you. We never outsell our mindset. We never outsell our mindset. So much of business is mindset. And so whatever your mindset is, you're right. If you want to be right about my agency is only three, three people. That's the only thing I, you know, that's the only thing I can do. You're right. If you say I'm at three people and I want to have, you know, two juniors under me and then three, you know, CPAs or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Um, you're right. Go for whatever you have in your heart um, and go for it. Play that game. Don't play to play, play to win. Awesome. I love it. And if you haven't listened to podcast or episode 92, Manifest Your Way to Success with Natalie Ledwell, I'd highly recommend going back through this to go to, it was back in October, October 12th, um, episode 92 here on Growing Your Financial Business the Woman's Way. Because I think this goes hand in hand with what we're talking about. Because once you're willing to step into your greatness, you're willing to believe it. Part of it is actually the belief allows you to manifest. 100%. Yes. I think you'll love that. Um, tell them where to find you, Dina. This has been awesome. Yeah, uh, my website is the easiest, dinapatton.com, D-E-N-A-P-A-T-T-O-N.com. Would love to, my book's there, hop on a call if I can serve you um, and just learn about my services there. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you all for listening. Thanks again for joining us on this podcast and we will see you next time. Thanks so much. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.